When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention all loyal douchebags. This is Jesse May. This is Mike. Thank you for listening to the show. As always, you've already done so much, and yet here we are to ask you to do even more. We have a big favor to ask. Give us a five-star rating. That's it. Takes two seconds. Rate us for five stars and go listen to the rest of the podcast. We love doing the show. We are happy to have you here with us. And I, when I started that sentence, I thought there was a second part to it. What she said. Please rate and review the show. And with no further ado, enjoy. Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Oh. I think Cheerios are still Who hot. Cheerios? Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. Whoa. I want to file a complaint. I've been orally assaulted by our intro. You've been orally assaulted? Yeah. How so? Oral. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it so dumb that they only needed like three words to describe things involving our, uh, four words to describe things involving our senses and two of them are the same. Oral? Visual. Right. Nasal. That's not the word, but go with it. Oral and oral. For the ear? Yeah. I've been orally assaulted. (laughs) (laughs) That intro was so goddamn loud. I I so painstakingly set the levels, and I so painfully attacked my own ears. Well, the the deuce was very robotic. You've been saving that one in the pocket. Yeah, that's the Mr. Roboto twist that I've been saving for episode. Lucky episode. (gasps) Icky's at the door. Lost he made it freak. to the door. Well, he can. He no no doggy door can or, or doggy gate can actually contain him. He just decides when he cares enough to actually leap it. My dog's the same way. I have a gate that I have to each time I come home. My short haired terrier has figured out a new way to open it, and so now I have to like constantly add something to the gate to reinforce it. And each time she. It just figures it out. There's residual dog and child proofing throughout my home that you just the um, the um, human capacity to like one day something totally fucks you up. And within like three days, you've gotten totally accustomed to it being that way. Like there's a trick to open this cabinet, but not that one, because <laughs> that's the one that we child proof for the first kid. And then when we are kind of half giving a shit like, OK, let's at least make it sort of difficult to get to the poison. With the second one. <laughs> and then one day you like give a half of a shit enough to go through and remove the child proofing because it's been wasting your time and your and, and you know, and and and, and uh, harsh in your mellow for months. And the kid no longer uh, needs it. The kids even figured out how to use it. And then you get halfway through removing it. And then you get distracted by like a basketball game. And my entire house is just essentially booby trapped. It is funny how much you have to booby trap your house for kids. I thought this because there was a video about 
some yeah, i forget how we refer to each other gen x i guess we're gen x the younger generation calling the older generation is we're referred to as gen x i don't know whatever I, I, that direction I, I, is. i'm i'm the tail end of gen x so you're what millennial is millennial old? I think <laughs> not us doing generational I think verbiage this, math. I think this makes us boomers. <laughs> Does it go boomer millennial X? Boomer. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so it had to be. I'll Google while you figure it out. Yeah, I'd be curious. How would you to even? Know. What would we? How, what would be the? What are the nicknames for the generation? Nickname. Yeah, generation. Okay, so what? Nicknames. So so don't tell me, right? Because okay. you got first, you got. <laughs> generation not oh. narcissistic enough to give themselves a name that was every generation before 1950 <laughs> then you got uh the greatest generation or, oh no there's the silent generation i think there's the there's the greatest generation they're the ones who fought world war ii suckers then there's the <laughs> 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 the juxtaposition of it being the early 1900s with you going sucka <laughs> i can guarantee you nobody during that time said that not one person so much so if you showed up out of like some time right? travel just like wormhole and was like suck us bla black and white leave it to beaver kitchen <laughs> mom's Mom's wearing like the apron, making a coffee cake. The, Fully the, flammable the, hair. The oldest son comes home. Mom and dad, I got, I got drafted. I'm going to fight the Nazis and the younger kid. Everybody always made fun of him because one leg was three inches shorter than the other. Looks up from his Cheerios and goes, "Sucker!" <laughs> Not Cheerios. Way to bring it back to Cheerios, the intro. Strike again. All right, so okay, so you got the the greatest, greatest generation. generation. Um, come on, what happens after a war? Baby boomers. Mm, you're missing one. Okay, come on, you know this one. After the war, um, so everyone's real. You know, they're tired and <laughs> they're not um, quiet. relaxation they're not quiet. very close. Silent generation. Oh, I said silent generation. I thought that they were before the greatest generation, no. and then okay. Typically, it, typically out of the baby boomers, because yeah. the baby boomers give way to the hippies, but the hippies actually kind of were the baby boomers grown up, because the baby boomers obviously babies. So then you get into the 70s, which is typically referred to as the me generation. Close. Don't tell me that's not on the list. You, The math, wow, the math wasn't mathing for me at all. Okay, mm -hmm. so Gen Z yeah, that's it's like the most current. It's like fifty years in the future, right? So Gen Z so we is go back now to where it all began. You are <laughs> generations. <laughs> I am a millennial. Wait, wait, I want to do them in order. So the seventies. Okay, so seven. So it goes greatest, silent, boomers. Boomer. I'm saying me generation after that. After boomers actually is um, Gen X. Okay, so that's <clears throat> then it goes to millennials, and then it goes to. Mm. That's a dodgy list because baby boomer Gen I mean, Z. Th this was written by a Gen Zer. A Gen Zer, because <laughs> it literally assumes that everybody who's older than thirty-five is a baby boomer. And oh, the there's, baby, there's the baby another. Boomer, there's the baby a, boom is a real specific era. Yeah, that's a very specific era. There's also a sub 
era here called Generation Alpha. I've never heard that before in my entire life. N- me either. 2013 to 2025. So that's... Oh, that's what uh, we're calling the kids. Oh, no, that makes sense. Cause, yeah. Because Gen, Gen X, obviously there was no like Gen P or anything like that. Although I did go to high school with one. And then there's... Uh, they just started with X. So then they did Y, then they did Z. So obviously they got to roll the odometer and go back to A. Right. But I, I can I will never call anybody Generation Alpha, particularly I'm I the the term has become so loaded in such a bad way. It was never cool, but now it's gotten much worse. <laughs> I'm 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 not getting alpha by a four year old. Oh no, there's no way. There's right. no way somebody who hasn't really lived through anything is gonna be my alpha. So what I wanna know is cause the seventies were supposed to be the the me generation, right? Because the, all of this this narcissism that came out of the baby boom because they were the, they were the first kids that were raised with some freedom, raised with some privilege, raised with a, with a little bit of affluence, a little bit of money. The car cannot be overstated. It was the first thing that gave kids freedom. And you think about the role. I actually wrote a song about this recently. You think about what cars meant to you when you were a kid. Like half of the exciting shit that happened in my life from like 16 to 19 happened in a car. Oh yeah, so many things happen in cars. That was like our roving... Uh... Is something buzzing? Is your phone buzzing? No, was that the call for the person who's going to make it not? What happened? Talk about generations. I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> Tully has an emergency. I honestly saw this video where this girl was referring to a younger generation talking about how this older generation, meaning us, needs to relax. And she said Generation X, the woman in the video didn't look like she was old enough to be Gen X because the cutoff is 1980. I'm not in Generation X. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a cutoff. Of, I'm, pe- I'm on the cusp of the millennials. Are you? But to your point of us talking about baby proofing everything, that's what got us to this conversation. <clears throat> it made me think about how and if this is happening and, and, and if it's going to get worse. Because it feels like, and it, this could be just the natural progression from generation to generation, because obviously the further we go along, the more conveniences we have, the more gentler our lifestyle becomes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real. Well, what do you mean by gentler? Uh, the older generations, war was at their doorstep. War isn't really on our doorstep in this in the past couple generations. It had, we haven't really seen real war. No, that's right. And we've all gotten, like I, I was saying about baby proofing, you get used to things so quickly. Mm-hmm. We all... It is everybody who's been born past like the 1940s has had the moment where either it hits them or somebody explains to them, yeah, there's enough firepower to destroy the world a million times over. And at all times, it's everybody's got to point it at everything and their fingers on the trigger. Right. And that like freaks you out for a day, a week, a month, a year. And then you get used to living with the idea. Well, friends. That Armageddon. Is you know, but but with every passing year, it gets easier to live with that because that's the way it's been. Right. But it's not like the nuclear weapons have gotten less destructive. Quite the contrary, they're they're the one that's we actually dropped in the 1940s are like child's play in comparison to the nuclear warheads of today. Right. But I digress. But it's a good point because we don't we see war on our phones. We're not really as far as like from our standpoint in America. Obviously, yes. what's going on right now is horrific. I'm not referring to that. What I'm saying is. I do feel that this generation, the further we go along, these younger kids have it easier. And in reference to parenting, I remember growing up, 
there wasn't nearly as many firewalls put in place. Parents didn't have the worry that they have. Not that they didn't have the worry, but it just seemed like parents were, they they, they didn't do as much to, <laughs> to protect their kids. Or maybe we just didn't realize how many things were actually atta- like coming after us as children. It just seemed like we were free to roam more. It seemed yeah. like we were a little bit more rough and tumble. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And um, I think... And like, but you know, because yeah. you were talking about w- when the second kid came around, we kind of just made it a little bit more difficult to get to the poison. That's a perfect point. Yeah. Although, albeit it's probably very common when you have another child you learn from the first so obviously there's like that second kid syndrome where you just fended for yourself a little bit more because the parents were like ah yeah it's a second kid the first kid is alive the second kid will kind of figure it out that sort of happens a little bit i think the easiest way to explain it is the first kid you talk about this could happen this could happen this could happen so you take uh extra precaution you take measures the second one is, yeah, but it probably won't, but it probably won't, but it probably right. won't. Right. So, and then it does. And then the kid, you're like, the, the kid will be fine. Right. The kid will be fine. The kid will be fine. Yeah. I, that's like the best. That's such a great way to look at it. It's like the first kid, you're like, is the kid going to be fine? Is he going to be okay? Is she going to be okay? And then the next kid, you're like, they're going to be fine. Well, you know, my child's been missing her front tooth for years. Oh my God. I thought you said my child's been missing. I was like, geez. Just the tooth. But we know where it is. <clears throat> she fell in a bathtub in a hotel room and it like, and you're like, oh shit, I fucked up. Um, and, and, and she was bleeding and she's crying, but kids are just amazing. She, five minutes later, the bleeding had stopped and she was jumping on the bed and you're like, cool party on Wayne. You yeah. Know, Cause we were, we were, we were in uh, San Francisco for a weekend. Of course we were willing to stop the fun, but we didn't want to. And then I don't know, four months later, it was time to go to the dentist. And right before we went, I noticed she had this gigantic growth above the, the tooth. And so when we went there, I was like, Hey, I want to draw your attention to this thing. And they're like, how long has that been there? And I'm like, wow, she did fall in a bathtub. And they're like, when? And I'm like, oh, Thanksgiving? And they're like, and you just noticed that? How did you not know? I mean, and in our defense, you did need to pull out the lip to see yeah. it. Yeah, and when but would you ever, do, it's not like, you'd have to preemptively do that. Never would have happened. The first kid, we would have spotted it within three days. And with her, I, I happened to catch it. Did she get like dysentery of the jaw? The tooth essentially died. So they needed to remove it because the the body its evolution is so incredible basically the 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 grown-up tooth was gonna probably like grow around it and come in all funky because it would like sort of intuitively understand that that tooth was never gonna get out of the way and toothfully i'll grant that (laughs) i know that my stupid jokes won't be judged here you're in a safe place you're in safe place that should be on a bathroom wall that's where, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> so so mm-hmm, the whole yeah. point, the whole journey to this generational yeah. um, nickname that we have found ourselves down this alley of of misfit generational names, um, I, it just made me think, it seems like there is uh, maybe a little bit of lacking of, I don't know, some fortitude maybe lacking a little resilience this younger generation but do older generations always feel that about younger generations obviously you and i are more mature and you're a dad i'm a grown woman so maybe we are 
maybe you already have, maybe I am entering the state of being like, oh, these damn kids, these kids don't know how hard we had it growing up. Kind of feels like that's sort of what's going on. It's tough. I, I guess the easiest way to explain why we seem to be in a perpetual state of societal, cultural freefall, and yet the world has not only not crumbled, it's sort of demonstrably improved, you know, in terms of wealth and health and longevity and stuff like that. I guess <clears throat> probably the case, you know, there's just it's the, it's the oldest story. Every generation thinks that their generation is fine and the next generation is ruining the world. Yeah. I guess it's just maybe the, the but that's obviously not not you know that can't be true because people have been saying that for hundreds of years for as long as we have recorded literature of people talking shit on each other that's been the case maybe it's just that every generation adapts to the world that they are born into yes and the stuff that we found necessary to survive in ours they intuitively or through experience learn that they they need a different set of skills and maybe it's just that they're good at shit that we don't put a lot of value on that they understand they're going to need in their time yes because the world if you had to bet is i mean it's tough like i have a friend who <clears throat> i don't think i told you about this she uh worked and then had kids and then recently re-entered the workforce. And she was concerned about her ability to, you know, keep up with this young generation of whippersnappers. And she has found, which is what she calls them. <laughs> I'm going to look up the origin. I'm obsessed with the word origins. Continue. She's very old. Um, but she, she re-entered the workforce. And what she found very quickly is that she was in, she finds that she's in very high professional demand because once she works with, uh, she works in motion pictures. So it's a lot of like projects. We're working on this movie or that movie, yeah. you know? <clears throat> and what she finds is when she works with one supervisor, they're like, Ooh, you show up and do things and actually can write an email. Ooh, I'm going to hold on to you. And so now she's worked for a couple of people and they're almost like fighting over her when oh, they have because, stuff coming up uh, because she's competent, because she is not a child. And that seems meaningful. That seems like, I mean, I hate to rely on anecdotal evidence to talk about like nationwide global trends, but that's a pretty compelling anecdote. In addition, she has reestablished herself to the extent that she now has underlings when she works on projects. And oh, wow. she is finding that she has a terrible experience working with younger people. It just indi it indicates <clears throat> that the work space as a whole is evolving and it is a sort of like a uh, crossroads between the older generation and the younger generation trying to figure out where they fit in it. I think the younger generation probably can see a little bit more clearly where this is going. I think it's easier to sort of have a projected view of something as opposed to trying to do what's always been done. And I think that's kind of the crossroads between an older generation and a younger generation. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we were dumb when we were kids. I think no. We, I think we saw certain shit We could happening, predict things. Like certain shit, or at least we knew... Um, it's hard to predict the future, but I think when it's easier to know when shit is just like over. Like yeah. That thing everybody's been doing, that shit is over. Right. And it's not coming back. I can't, I wish I could think of a good example, but we had a really good, we had a really good smell test for that kind of shit when we were kids. And I, and I back us calling bullshit on a lot of stuff when we were, when we were kids. But to, to finish the story. What, in, what if I don't want to finish the story? And, and don't, I found Whippersnapper, by the way. And I can't wait to hear. But she, Sucker. I think she'd had three, <laughs> I think she'd had three youthful underlings who either, I don't know, I, I don't think she like fired any of them, but the project ended and uh, 
and one had been not great and another one had been not great and then a third one was like particularly not great and she didn't think i think it was a girl she didn't think that she was like dumb or incompetent she literally thought it was a generational sense of what they expected of a job and what they thought could be expected of themselves and her husband works in the same industry and has been uh working in it for even longer than she has she was like she asked him she said i'd really like to do like take this girl to coffee and just say, you know, as a as like a friend, I'm no longer working with you. Here's some things that I really think you need to address that will really, really help you in your career. And he was like, do not do it. You are at his career suicide to tell a young person anything. Any constructive criticism is so apt to blow up in your face of uh, abusive workplace and hostile work environment. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he's like, you can't risk it. You cannot risk it. The kind of kid who would need that kind of feedback is the kind of kid who will, not to say every single one is going to do it, but he's just like, what do you stand to gain and what do you stand to lose? And he spoke from experience. And that's pretty wild. And we've talked about this before. You know, my wife has definitely had a lot of challenges with uh, hiring in a very, very different industry. Just young people, just like show up, talk the talk, do the thing. I can do that. I've done that before. Talk to references. Everything checks out. Show up, work three days. I'm going to, you know, pee. Okay, cool. Gone. Never see them again. Like Go, uh, on a pee break? Like, uh, I think one was coffee. I forget what the other one was. They ghost they their ghost, workers, they ghost their, jobs, their yeah. bosses. Can you imagine? I cannot. I, I had a job. I think about this job all the time. I, my my fr first real job, I guess, like after paper routes and shit like that, I delivered flowers and I lived in terror of the man who owned this flower shop on uh, Lexington Avenue. I got paid $4 an hour, which was even in those days. That's pretty decent. Well, in those days, it was less than minimum wage, but he was totally off the books. And for me, I was just like, I was in New York and I was so desperate to spend all my time in New York. I just, I, I wasn't even looking for jobs in New Jersey. I was like, I'm gonna, the, the, my first priority was spending the summer in the city. My second priority was actually making money out of it. You know what I mean? But he gave me four bucks an hour because the expectation was you would get tips. And I did get tips, but not, I... I just thought people, it was such an amazing insight into, I don't know, spoiled New Yorkers, human nature. I'm like, everybody's happy when they get flowers. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Half of them were professional courtesies. Yeah. And that's... some of those guys would be like, oh, hey, thanks, guy. Hold on. You know, pull off a couple bills. But for the most part, it was just like, yeah, everybody kisses my ass all day. Throw them in the pile. I, I think I've told you I delivered flowers from a lady to one Donald, day, John, Donald J. Trump. You delivered flowers to... Not to him personally, but I took him to like... I don't even... He owns multiple properties in New York. I don't think it was like Trump Tower. It must have been Trump Tower. It must have been Trump Tower. Yeah, I brought him to the front desk. They were to him. I, I read... Of course, I read the note. These flowers are unbelievable. That's what the he best said. flowers. There's no doubt about it. That's the only kind he gets. <laughs> and then I gave a lot of flowers to uh, women who I judged to see them uh, um, as... Uh, the side piece? A side piece bouquet? I think From there, was, what? there was a lot of like not so edible arrangements. Rude. Oh, he thinks this makes it all better. You know, I'm going to tell his wife. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to mail it to his wife in the snail mail. <laughs> I'm going to lick a stamp. Your ass is crass. I'm going to spray it with her husband's <laughs> cologne. Cool water. <laughs> cool water. Yeah, it's a very popular cologne of cheaters. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
What are some of the great colognes of the men that you've dated? Oh, God. <laughs> we don't want to walk down that smelly road. I do. I do. I remember my sister's first boyfriend was was like, they they may as well have put Ugh. Vic's face on a bottle of uh, Dracar. Oh, God. Dracar Noir. Yeah. I want to drown. Dracar Noir. Dracar, I think, was a victim of its own success. Because I think a lot of panties got wet the first time ladies smelled Dracar. Mm-mm. And I think it's just like a certain kind of douche got really, really into it. And then it became eau de douche. Yeah. Eau de douche for sure. <laughs> I just think of like very gelled shellac yeah. hair yeah. and Stiff. Adidas coordinate sweatsuits. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And with like Puma soccer sneakers. Yeah, we used to have a waiter who wore Dracar at this restaurant that we went to. And he had he had so much product in his hair and it was kind of long and he kind of slicked it all back <laughs> to a point in the back. He looked, oh God. And he looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> by the way, let's make it completely illegal to wear cologne or perfume as a waiter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to smell you. I don't need to smell you. This isn't about you. I yeah. want dinner. I don't need to smell your perfume or cologne do you know by etiquette you're not supposed to be able to smell someone beyond like two feet from their body yes i'm i'm having i'm I'm teaching my boy the ropes of scenting is your is he wearing dracar noir is he wearing stuff uh he who is he trying to impress he's 10 yeah i'm not really sure i think he might be um there might be some vague sense that bo is becoming a factor that might be a thing in his life I and he see. doesn't want to be accused of being the stinky one oh. so he used i got <laughs> what's he wearing though i need to know what he's wearing he's wearing savage by johnny depp no i'll sh- he's not wearing <laughs> i did get him cologne i did get him cologne but we don't let him wear it and i'll tell you why because oh no no the cologne is it's it, everything's from ross everything is from I ross i just thought of a new deuce merch item kids cologne why, why did you make that face like this is a good idea <laughs> kids cologne and you can make it like you can make it cruelty free you can make it non-toxic look if kids can eat crayons they can wear our cologne what does it smell like crayons Hmm. waxy wax wax and relax okay listen crayola cologne with a k we combine efforts with crayola yeah oh they can't wait to hear from us okay the cologne box is in the shape of crayons a crayon box that's the only thing they got yeah and you open it and you take out and each cologne is the shape of a crayon and it's the scent of the crayon because usually crayons have the greatest names mm-hmm. and they sometimes would have like once in a while they would have like special edition scented crayons yeah and that can be our cologne kit for kids so give me an example of one of the colors and what it's going to smell like brown poop great okay done awesome <laughs> No worries about Bo. Are we good here? No. So I got him. Um, I got him. That's Marvel. I bought her like Disney princess, like Frozen perfumes. That's fun from Ross. That's super fun. And um, I got him. Uh, what was this? It was like Iron Man cologne. It was something like that. It was fun. You know, yeah. and it's like I always if I'm once I saw the Frozen perfume, I knew I had to get it for her, and I always try to like even things out. So I got him some silly. Uh, some silly uh, superhero cologne. But then I also got him body wash at Ross. Ross body wash? I'll g- Spare it no expense, I'll bring Dad. It, I'll bring it down. I'll bring down all the kids' toiletries wow. for, the next, for the next episode. I forget. Stay, stay tuned next week, guys, when we do an un- unboxing of yeah, it's got a, children's it, cologne. It's got a pretty terrific name. I know the logo is just a beard. 
It's so manly. <laughs> he is Generation Alpha. Gross. Hey. What? Is something going on? What? Um, What's, is there something topical happening in the world? Yeah. <laughs> Tully and I are... <laughs> We've just always been really into topicality. I don't know. <laughs> we just... We like Ross. We, we like love keeping puns. up with the Joneses. <laughs> we love puns, Ross, and whatever JLo is doing this week. Uh, Jesse May, what does Halloween mean to you in 2023? <sighs> I mean, not necessarily what are you doing this year, but at this... <clears throat> In this season of your life, how do you regard Halloween? Halloween always makes me regret not dressing up with all three of my dogs every year. I, I feel like I really missed the boat. I could have been the mother of dragons like every year. It's not too late. I might still do that before one of them dies. Ooh, that's dark. Um, you, <laughs> I, oh, we, we enjoyed collectively as a family. We enjoyed your dog as Chucky. From oh, Child's yeah. Play. Bunny was Chucky. <coughs> she hit herself in the face with a knife a bunch of times because that's, it very cute the costume wasn't really the best design the dog tends to hit itself in the face with whatever the hand is holding because of the sway oh yeah oh i didn't notice it wasn't yeah i noticed that 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 was like stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself the front the chucky arms were just repeatedly hitting the dog it was cute so to answer your question what halloween means to me in 2023 is dressing up my dogs because those are my children i put chaplin in a lumberjack costume and it was the cutest thing i've ever seen Little axe and a little freaking beanie and a and a flannel on a chihuahua. He's four pounds. Oh my goodness, he couldn't do shit with that axe. That's adorable. <laughs> uh, have you? Oh, I'm sure we talked about this. You ever have a ghost experience? Oh, I love ghost ghostly experiences. I've definitely had situations I could not explain. Mm. I have seen things I can't explain that I assume were ghosts. Do you want me to tell you the story? Give me the capsule version. Okay, I'll, capsule and version. And I'll decide if I give a shit. I'm sleeping in a really dark room. There's only a strip of light on the top of the ceiling that's coming through the top of the window where the drapes don't quite go to the top of the room. So it's just a little sliver of light. Everything else is pitch dark. I'm trying to go to bed. Sober. No drugs in my system. No alcohol in my system. I can't sleep. Roll over on one side. And my eyes have been closed for a while. So they've adjusted to the dark. And I open my eyes and I see something. It should just be all dark, but I see something that I'd never seen before, and it looked like an outline of something. And then I'm like, I, that's not there. And I close my eyes, and I turn over, and I get comfortable, and then I open my eyes, and now it's on this side of the bed. And it kind of, it had a blue, like the faintest blue outline, and it wasn't like crisp. It just, you could see like a, somewhat of an outline, and then I was frozen with my eyes open because I... I had realized I am seeing this. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to look at it. And it looked, if I had to describe it, it looked like the outline of a person who was waving at me. And there's a little person next to them. It looked like a woman and a kid waving at me. And so they waved at me. And then I waved back. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. I'm not going to be rude to a ghost. Are you crazy? Are you going to be rude to a ghost? No way. I've never been scared of nothing more in my life. Can you imagine being nothing and being the scariest thing anyone's ever seen? Because a ghost is essentially nothing. It's It doesn't take up space. It doesn't take up any real mass. It's most likely a projection from our brain trying to make sense of the dark. But I do believe there is a slight chance there right. could be something. I think that's a sober and rational analysis of what it was, right? Probably your imagination, but boy, is that a crazy thing for your imagination to conjure and why. 
Kevin Bacon. <laughs> what? He, uh... <laughs> Kevin Bacon, you see. <laughs> Many years ago, was <laughs> buying up some property. <laughs> In Connecticut. Now I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> now and I you know, know what, what you're doing. You played me. And you know what? You uh, fucking played me. <laughs> <laughs> and I got played at my own game. Celebrities do this. They they buy a house. Celebrities are just like us. They're not because they they do what they all wish. What we all wish we could do. They buy their house and then they buy all of their neighbors' houses and then they buy all of their former neighbors neighbors houses so that they have so much property that they have total privacy and no longer effectively have any neighbors yeah so he's out there and he's hit the big time and he's a big movie star <laughs> but loose etc he's acting in movies with everyone who's ever acted in anything ever and he's buying up all this property except there's this one guy in northwestern connecticut who patently refused to sell kevin bacon his home and it's not because Footloose sucked, which it did. It's because the guy said he would not wish that home on anyone. The guy said he had grown up in the house and that it was absolutely haunted. And so he would not sell it. He was leaving it abandoned so that nobody would be cursed with having that home like he and his family had been. He was even worried that Kevin Bacon would harm himself or someone. Yeah. He said that he was doing that to prevent any harm from being done. Right. And then finally, Kevin Bacon was able to break him down on the condition that he agreed to. And I don't know why the owner could not have just done this himself. Like maybe he was afraid to, frankly. Or maybe this is the greatest movie promotion ever. This would be a great movie. Except I don't think he's got a movie coming out. Well, which is surprising because in that article, the way it's written yeah. is it's like the death note, the the. Death Wish actor revealed. The Apollo 13 actor mm. stated. Yeah. The It's like, is this an article or is this like an IMDb? It's very New York pro promo, Right. Well, and it's not a coincidence that when, like, a lot of big celebrities don't just do press for the hell of it because they're bored of it. They're tired of talking right. about themselves and then they're tired of having to dance around those two, whatever their two subjects are that they try to avoid. So typically they do press when there's a new movie and i love i love looking for this i love when a studio knows that a movie is not going to succeed and starts making the desperation moves there's two tells one of them is often they the actor reveals something about like oh actually i used to date so and so let me tell you how small their dick was and it's like while promoting their new film blah 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 and right it's like oh the publicity machine realized nobody gives a shit about the movie so they're trying to get people talking about the actor because if they're interested in the actor again and then they'll go see the movie. The other one is when the promotion for the movie features the actor. It's not clips from the movie. It's the actors in it talking about what a great movie it is, which means they've already shown the clip previous people and they're like, oh, okay. 
So now, because I remember um, Jim Carrey, when Jim Carrey was trying to transition out of doing straight comedy stuff and was trying to become like Oscar guy, I remember seeing him being like, you know, it's just a movie that I think, uh, like the whole family, it's just like, I think the world needs a movie like this right now. And it's like, oh, you made a turkey. You made a turkey. What movie was it? Um, It was like. Man on the Moon? No, 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 no. That, that did well. No, it was before that. It was like The Majestic or. Oh, 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 the, the um, the, um, the, um. Curious. Oh God, I know what you're talking about. What was that movie called? It was like four different. T- it was like four a long title. I don't know about that. Hold on, Jim Carrey. And, and anyway, I noticed this talking weekend shit about Jim Carrey the uh, the internet will will not stop showing me trailers for or, or promos for the new Martin Scorsese movie with De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And DiCaprio's doing the talking heads. Like this is just a really important film and people definitely need to see it in the theater. Definitely don't stream this one. Go to the movie. And I'm like, Ooh, you made a turkey. <laughs> you made a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'll, I'll, I can absolutely, I can absolutely find. I mean, the trailer should be enough. Trailers used to be enough to get people to go out. The Majestic. It's called The Majestic. The Majestic, yeah. yeah. So he had made... Uh, he, he had made... I don't really remember The Majestic, but gosh, so I he'd do already love him. I'm sorry, he'd already made the transition. So he did Ace Ventura, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura Oh, yeah, he was two. making $20 million a movie at oh, that yeah, point. Right, and then he made Cable Guy. He did Liar, Liar. He did The Truman Show. He did Man on the Moon. He did Me, Myself, and Irene. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And this is before Bruce Almighty, before Eternal Sunshine. So he really had a pretty uninterrupted stretch yeah. of successful movies, except for The Majestic. And that Don't was how he... Don't you talk crap about Jim Carrey. Anyway, um, short story long... Kevin Bacon bought the house. Did he get a discount? I would want a discount. If there's a death barn yeah. on the property, uh-huh. I want a freaking discount. Because I know they're supposed to reveal when someone dies in your house, but I feel like there's a whole other realtor space of possession that we have to discuss. There's a possession place. There's a possession palace on the property. Hmm. Um, Where's the discount? They. I need a demon discount. I don't know about that. That's fair. That's totally fair. He, I think he did demolish it, but first they did take a little tour of it. He said never spent a night in keeping with the owner's demands, never spent a night in it. He's been married to Kira Sedgwick for forever, right? He said there was some like nice paneling or something. Yeah, there's in pine it. wood he wanted to that grab. Wanted and to Kira remove. was like, don't think about bringing that in the house. Yeah, which, that's right. Yeah, We're not we going to have a haunted breakfast nook on my watch. Right. We don't need a haunted nook. We don't need a haunted chair plywood yeah that's right absolutely not demolish the demon i've come too far to not eat my cheerios in peace she said (laughs) (laughs) i hate you so much (laughs) we need coffee mugs Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.